Welcome in, one and all. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show on the air. And if you are uh, trying to find us, I'm sure you haven't because you got Brewers baseball. But you can always find us on WOZN, The Zone, Madison. Uh, download the app, and you're good to go. Download the app. Um, a couple of things. I want to go back to what Peter Bukowski said in the uh, last hour. And... Um, he was talking about specifically how good Jordan Love may be where he needs to be, or at least where some feel he could be. Could he be the third best quarterback in the NFC? And when you look at some of the uh, play out of the NFC last year, certainly Jalen Hurts was good. Brock Purdy played nine games, but my God, uh, he was nothing short of fantastic. 13 touchdowns, four picks, a quarterback rating of 107.3. Uh, but he only com- he only attempted 170 passes, but his completion percentage was right on the money. A lot of short stuff, quick outs. They used him correctly. Shanahan was uh, brilliant in the way he brought him along. Uh, and then you get to, like, Jimmy Garoppolo played, uh, what, 11 games before he ended up getting knocked, uh, knocked uh, out. Uh, Jalen Hurts was really solid last year, playing 15 games on the season, threw for just 3,700 yards, though. 22 touchdowns, six picks, but was able to run the football uh, a lot of first downs created by uh, the the offensive line and the, those that were behind him pushing him forward, which uh, I wasn't necessarily a fan of, but nevertheless. Uh, then you got Josh Allen. Josh Allen, who had a solid season last year in Buffalo. You look at his numbers. But then you start to go, Jared Goff was just above him. Jared Goff was 99.3. 99.3, threw for 4,438 yards. 29 touchdowns, 7 picks. Can he be better than jo- than uh, Jared Goff? You know? I I wouldn't think so. That that's a uh, Kirk Cousins had a hell of a year last year. 92.5 quarterback rating, but threw for 4500 yards, 29 touchdowns but 14 picks. Some costly picks. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott played in 12 games. We know Dak, I mean, you know, 23 touchdowns, 15 picks. He was his own worst enemy. Quarterback rating of 91. Then there was just Aaron Rodgers was right behind him, 91.1. Dak Prescott, for a down year, had the same numbers or better than Aaron Rodgers did. Rodgers also, 91.1. 26 touchdowns, 12 picks. Better touchdown to interception ratio. Absolutely. Completion percentage, Dak Prescott was better than what Rodgers was. Uh, Prescott had less yards than Rodgers, but had better completion percentage per pass play and had a better uh, record per depth of pass play, 7.3 yards to 6.8. So I I guess what I'm trying to say is, look, if you think that that Jordan Love is going to be the third best in the NFC, uh, there's probably four or five quarterbacks that at least – stand in the way of him being that good I just I I think right now I don't even think he's going to be he may not even be the best in his division he'll probably end up being the third best in his division before it's all said and done and who knows I mean if Justin Fields takes a step forward he might be the worst in his division numerically so I, I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket. Now, here's the next question I have. 
uh, I had a, a one of the one of the polls was the top five teams that are set up for failure this year in the uh, NFL. And I thought about that, and I thought about set up for failure. I mean, that, that's a very broad brush, okay? But the top five fan bases that will be the most disappointed this year. Now, that's something of interest. So when you think about it, the top five fan bases that are going to be the most disappointed, you go through this. You can say Dallas. Dallas, if I have to go with five, it's very tough to pick. Dallas is going to be there. I don't think this is – they're not winning a Super Bowl. I've never been a big believer in Dak Prescott. Uh, they got weaker. Zach Martin is a holdout right now. They're big right tackle. And he's not happy with his contract. They got rid of Zeke Elliott because of money. Dak's making all the money, and he's not that damn good to begin with. Mike McCarthy's taking over the play calling because if he's going to go down, he's going to go down swinging in his own own direction. I just think they're set up for failure this year. So that would be maybe number five for me. I also think last year was it for Buffalo, and they, they unfortunately, between DeMar Hamlin and the situation that happened, it kind of derailed things for them. Um. But other teams like, say, Cincinnati has emerged, and I just don't think between climbing Cincinnati, climbing over, uh, say, the Chargers, climbing over uh, Patrick Mahomes and company in Kansas City, I, I just I, I don't see it. He, I mean, even, even Lamar Jackson and Baltimore and bringing in OBJ and making some improvements there, I, I think Baltimore is going to be better. So, And if Tua comes back and plays well, they've added enough now in Miami. Miami should be a juggernaut too. So I think Buffalo, they, their time has passed them by. I think Buffalo is ripe for failure. The Lions. The Lions. When you're talking about one of the top five teams. Uh, to go from a three-win team to a nine-win team, do you say, okay, they're on the right path, stepping stone-wise, to getting back to being good and therefore the postseason? Or did maybe they just feel it last year and overachieved a little bit and now – they're going to fall back down to earth. Until they get to the postseason, I kind of believe they're going to fall back down to earth. Prove me wrong is the way I look at the, the, the Detroit Lions this year. Prove me wrong. So the Lions are right there. And the next two teams sit side by side. The Giants and the Jets. The Giants, I think, um, was a tremendous season last year. Uh, they were a pretty... Solid team. They were the darling of New York. Daniel Jones had a pretty good year, but what they've done with Saquon Barkley and what they've done to the psyche inside, what will be inside that locker room, by paying Daniel Jones and not the guy that owns more than 40% of your offense and has had more than 40% of your success, I think it has sent a, a really bad message. And... Uh, I understand that the running back market has been devalued, but there's two sides to that coin. And I know if Saquon Barkley decides not to show up, there's he's really taking a big chance. But I have a feeling that both fan bases in New York are going to be massively disappointed. I think the Giants are going to take a step back, and I don't think the Jets are going to do what everybody thinks they're going to do. You know, now the Jets inside their own locker room aren't saying Super Bowl or bust, 
But all the hype, the ginormous four-letter hype machine, led by Mike Greenberg wearing a Jets T-shirt yesterday, um, I think they are over the moon for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wanted his guys. He got Cobby. He got uh, Alan Lazard. He got his guys. And he didn't win here with his guys. I think he's going to be better. I think he's going to have a better season. Maybe they find their way back into the postseason. But this whole, hey, we've got our guy, therefore they're comparing it to Joe Namath. And when Joe was at his at his peak, taking them to a Super Bowl and dropping the prediction and beating the beating the Baltimore uh, Baltimore Colts, I think they're I think they're setting themselves up for failure. So the top five teams, if I had to, uh, I think Dallas, I think uh, the Lions, I think the Bills. I think the Giants and the Jets, the top five fan bases that I think have the most optimism and yet will be the most disappointed this season. That's probably it because I just don't think there's much. Uh, Mark says, what about the Cardinals? Tell me anybody out in Arizona that believes the Cardinals are going to be good. They fired their coach last year. Their quarterback's an ass and sucks. He's only put together a half season, yet they paid him all that money. He's never proven a damn thing. You know, I would have I would have said, go ahead and walk. We'll start over. Go ahead and walk with the season they had. I like some of the quarterback prospects this past draft over what they have. So I um I I would have let him go. They paid him an exorbitant amount of money. Stupid amount of money for a guy that hasn't proven himself. So I don't I don't think Arizona I think most Arizona fans look at it and go, Phew. Show me something before you climb out of the basement and tell me that all of a sudden the light of day is shining on you. I would agree with that. Maybe Seattle. I would. I could agree with that. Jake says, what about Seattle? Geno Smith last year had a hell of a season. One hell of a season. I just went through the statistics a little while ago. Hell of a season. And uh, they could very much so. I would agree with that. Uh, Mason says, what about Carolina? They get the first uh, pick in the draft. Uh, and now they have expectation like Bryce Young's going to take them to the promised land. Not in the first year. I can understand that if you're looking at, at Bryce Young saying, you know, he comes in with a ton of hype, but he was just the, the last piece to the puzzle. But, no, you, you, don't, you don't jump up to get the number one overall pick and take him and then expect to be, you know, deep into the postseason in your first year. That's growing through there. Uh, <laughs> Jake says, oh, please, God, let it be the Bears. Uh, yeah, the Bears are feeling it, man. If you listen to Chicago radio, oh, they feel like, hey, the division's wide open now. Justin Fields is going to take uh, a step forward, light years over Jordan Love, and he's going to be on the same level as Jared Goff. They got him a little bit of offensive line help. They've got him a few weapons, and he's going to have a full offseason and, and camp to work with some of these guys. And He's going to become a better pocket passer. And so they they believe they're ready. They believe this is this is it. So I'm good for them. Just wait and see. I just keep thinking that um that I think it is just like any fan base in the beginning of the season. You kind of, you know, look at it with one eye open. You 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 got a lot of hope. Maybe you can catch lightning in a bottle, but there's a reality to what your gut tells you versus what your hopes are. Right? We've all been there. We hope something happens, but in your gut, you're like, oh, this is going to happen. It's, you know, right? You know. So uh, I, I can't imagine Bears fans are thinking Super Bowl. Not by any stretch of the imagination. 
Um, this is from Chris, who says, I thought Jacksonville took a step forward. Do you think they take a step back this year, especially in that division? And DeAndre Hopkins going to Tennessee. No, I think I, I really like Doug Peterson as a head coach. I think he really um, kind of wrapped his arms around the organization. They became believers again. What they did in the postseason was awesome. Uh, to get there was an incredible feat. Trevor Lawrence, I thought, really, you started to see him shine, not only as a passer, but as a leader, and some of the things that you saw when he was at Clemson. So, no, I, I think that uh, Jacksonville, they may not believe they're ready to win a uh, you know world championship, but I think that they kind of understand what the process is. And I don't think they're going to take that far of a step back. I mean, they still are the contender to win that division, to be honest with you. I think Tennessee, obviously – Going after DeAndre Hopkins, if he can add something to that offense to where it takes the pressure off of Derrick Henry, then absolutely Tennessee becomes a very viable candidate to win the AFC South. I don't think anybody else is even close um, to, to Tennessee and Jacksonville. Indianapolis certainly isn't. God knows Houston's not. So, uh, But I still think Jacksonville's the better team. I just I just do. I like, uh, I like Trevor Lawrence much better than I like Tannehill. Tannehill is more so an above-average game manager as opposed to Trevor Lawrence, who finally last year you saw that he can win you games. He can win you games. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. Good discussion, though. Good discussion. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at uh, the Four Seasons Island Resort. They, by the way, I uh, was talking to Barb up there a couple of days ago, and uh, stepped up, and they said, hey, look, we'll give you the weekend stay for the motorcycle ride. We'll make it really nice for whoever wins that package and, comes up to the Four Seasons Island Resort. And if you're looking for a great group of people to work with, and just if you want to get away, you want to take your UTV, your ATV, your motorcycle, whatever it happens to be, take your golf clubs, or just take your swim trunks and go lay by the pool. Lay outside, catch some sun, go back inside, swim in the pool, sit in the hot tub, in the saunas, whatever. Just go and relax, get away, way up in the Northwoods, way the hell up, right there on the Muscano Island in the middle of the Muscano River. Beautiful place. 715-938-5110. Use the promo code MICHAELS15 for 15% off. Again, 715-938-5110. Get a hold of Barb. She'll make all your reservations, tell you all about both Four Seasons Island Resort and Pine Mountain uh, in Timberstone Ski and Golf Resort. But 715-938-5110. Give them a call. It is worth the trip just to get away and detach a little bit. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Pella. Hi, it's come to my attention. I need new windows. You do? Hey, sweetie, what's this? My art project. Honey, it's rotten. We need to toss it. Then why do we have to keep our rotten windows, Dad? Well, you came to the right place. Pell has a limited lifetime warranty on our wood windows, so this doesn't happen again. Thank you. Visit PellaWI.com today. Good to have you back. Hey, I was telling you the other day, and I got a guy that uh, had emailed me. He said, hey, Yuna, you were talking about a canvas print company. Can you tell me what it is again? Ansia Sound Art. Soundartusa.com. Soundartusa.com. 
Com, and we're going to work with them out in Sturgis, South Dakota. They are uh, bringing you some of the broadcasts out there and paying for our on-site stuff. But uh, SoundArtUSA.com, and they do uh, small prints uh, and large prints. And uh, I'll tell you this, what, what has become popular, uh, a friend of mine in Chicago owns a real estate company. And every time somebody buys a house, he takes a picture of the house, has it done in this SoundArt stuff, and then gives the new homeowners the 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 picture, and I think it's like uh, I don't know, like seventeen by twenty four inches or something like that. It's 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 a nice size, but it's got a speaker in it, and you just plug it in, you charge it up, hook it to your Bluetooth phone, and you can play music in your house, and you can connect the speakers. They it comes with subwoofers if you want to go with that. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do, but it's really cool with uh, different ideas for different companies, too. It's not just for you and I, but companies uh, have started to do that. I know a friend of mine that was uh, selling motorcycles. Every time somebody bought a new motorcycle, he took a picture of them, sent it off. They turned it around in a week, and then you're sitting at home, and then you get a knock on the door, and there's a package of you with your new motorcycle, you know, which is kind of cool. So anyway, uh, just so many different – and if you got a lot of cool images this past weekend of riding, uh, specifically of, say, downtown Milwaukee or somewhere in the state of Wisconsin when you're out riding in some of this beautiful countryside. Some great pictures that I see. Uh, SoundArtUSA.com. SoundArtUSA.com. Really, really cool stuff. Um, so the top five uh, that I had, it, it was originally it was uh, franchises that are set up for failure. And when you say set up for failure, it's, it's franchises that set, set themselves up to win but may end up with failure. Um, that have expectations probably far exceeding what it is their actual win total is going to be. I think it's more so what fan bases are going to be the most disappointed this year. So I went with the Cowboys, the Bills, the Lions, Giants, and Jets uh, in not necessarily that order. Um, so it, I get it. There's some others that, that are out there. So, Grant, when you go through this list and you think the fan bases that have the most expectations but could be set up for failure or at least are going to be the most disappointed, you feel, who are they, in your opinion? Oh, man. Set up for success, but feeling like things might go south. That just think that they're going to win and probably won't. Well, this answer is is a little bit relative. There's there's levels to failing, right? Failing for one team might mean winning four games, and failure for another team might mean, you know, losing in the first round of the playoffs. I'm a little skeptical of the Bills this year. I I just feel like their defensive coordinator stepped away. There's beef, it would seem, between the quarterback and his number one wide receiver, Josh Allen, and Stephon Diggs. There was some weird buzz out of training camp where Sean McDermott, I'm very concerned, and then was weirded out why everyone's concerned after he said that he's very concerned about Stephon Diggs. I just feel like the Bills have come up short the last few years, and I I don't know. I'm just not ready to pencil them into the AFC Championship game this year, and I think if they come up short of the Conference Championship game, their fans are going to be disappointed. So I feel like the Bills might be in a position to be disappointed, especially with the Dolphins and the Jets getting better this year. Yeah, I feel like the Bills are – I think that Bills window has begun to close now. It's not wide open anymore, especially with the emergence of Cincinnati, obviously the dominance of what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do with Kansas City. So I agree with you. I think the Bills are on the outside looking in. Uh, The AFC has just got so much. I mean, Lamar Jackson this year, you could say maybe uh, the Baltimore Ravens fan base, but I look at the Ravens, and they. I think I think the Ravens are going to be battling Cincinnati for the top spot in that division. I don't think it's going to be easily won by Cincinnati, like many seem to think. 
I think that Jackson is back. He's paid. He's, you know, the little bumps and bruises aren't going to drag him down the way they did last year because he wanted to prove a point. So I think this year he's fully invested getting OBJ. Obviously, now he actually has somebody to throw to that can take some pressure off some of those other receivers, and he doesn't have to run nearly as much. I think, and Baltimore's always had a good defense. I think Baltimore is not necessarily set up for failure. They may not win the division, but I still think they're going to find themselves in the postseason. But they're going to be battling Cincinnati for the top spot. I mentioned Jacksonville. You know, you can look at maybe maybe the Chargers. But then again, the Chargers, everybody always talks about Herbert and the Chargers and what they're going to do. And they've ultimately let you down year after year. So I don't even think this year is one of those years where you're talking about the Chargers getting that much better to where they're going to be contending for the AFC. So you know what I mean? I don't think the Chargers are that dramatically better from what they were last year. Do yeah. You? You're, you're talking about fan bases being disappointed. Just fan bases, yeah. yeah if and a, they really don't care out there because all they give a damn about <laughs> is the Rams, and yeah. the Rams aren't going to be good. Well, exactly. If, if, the, if the fan base is disappointed, that would imply there is a fan base, and I don't necessarily Correct. know if that's true for the Chargers. And I don't know what the expectations are. I, I'm thinking of teams like the Saints and the Raiders. I feel like both of those teams are going to stink. The Saints brought in Derek Carr and I feel like all right, we got our quarterback. No, I don't I don't think that's going to I don't think that's going to work out. I think the Raiders are going to be awful, but then again, I don't know what their fans expect. That's the difficult thing. What do fans expect? Cuz that's going to dictate whether they're, you know, satisfied or disappointed at the end of the season. I uh I look at the Saints and I I very quietly I'm rooting for the Saints. Not necessarily to win the the NFC, don't get me wrong but maybe to win the division. Um, I, Atlanta, I, I feel for. I think their owner deserves some uh, some more success because he's had such epic failure uh, with Matt Ryan. But the Saints, very quietly, I'd love to see Derek Carr come back and just play extremely well and give a great big stick at I told you so to Mark Davis and company and the idiot that runs that team over there in, in Las Vegas. Um, and to say, hey, look, I can do it too without – needing my guy Devontae Adams next to me because Devontae had a good season, don't get me wrong, but uh, I would love nothing more than to see Derek Carr go and just say, Josh McDaniels, you're a moron. You were a moron. You ran this team into the ground. They're not going to win, but yet here I am winning down here in, in, in New Orleans. I, I That's a side story to all of this, but I'm kind of secretly hoping New Orleans plays pretty well this year. So, um, No, I agree. I, I, I I mean, you, there's there's a couple of other fan bases you can look at and can say, ah, oh, you know, maybe they, maybe they have aspirations to be bigger and better this year. But I think the top five are the teams that come in with all the hype, that really believe they're that good, that are that feel the windows wide open, even though you can look at it and say, maybe it's just not as wide open as you think. Um, but I, I go back to a lot of people. Uh, uh, Adam says, uh, Colton says, and Dylan all say, it's going to be the uh, Chicago Bears. It's going to be the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears fan base is over the moon. Uh, and Colton actually lives down in Chicago. Colton said that the people down here are just out of their minds thinking that finally the NFC North is wide open. I don't think it is. I think Justin Fields is good, but I think the rest of the team stinks. And the stench of losing still permeates through this organization. People down here will just wake up one day and finally get it. Maybe once they move to Arlington, they can leave the stench in that old, decrepit-ass stadium of <laughs> Soldier Field. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I, I I don't know what to make of Chicago right now. What do you think success means for an average Bears fan? If they were to get this record or finish this season with this result, what do you think would satisfy the majority of Bears fans and have them saying, awesome year, we took a big step in the right direction? Nine to ten wins. 
Nine to ten wins. Uh, vi- being relevant on the last week of the season. Oh, that's good. I, I like that framing. That's good. Being in the race for the division until the last yeah. month. Yeah. Or at least for a wild card. Uh, you know, for the postseason berth. Sure. Being relevant. Um, being, you know, how many years has it been since they've been relevant on, on you know, week 17? You know what I mean? Because um, for the most part, the end, you know, Chris, your Christmas present has been, hey, you don't have to watch the Bears anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Come Christmas time, you don't have to watch the Bears anymore because they're not in it. Um, but being relevant in the last week of the season, I mean, that's what Detroit was hoping for, and they were last year. And then you saw what their reaction was. They were giddy. They were out of their mind. That was their Super Bowl. To be able to knock off the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field and take away the Packers' ability, one of the hottest teams in football, to go to the postseason, that was their Super Bowl. That was like they, you, that, that franchise, you should have seen them in the tunnel after the game and heard them. They were out of their minds. Packers were just devastated because they just thought they were going to go win that game. But Detroit, they were out of their minds that they won that ball game. I think that's where Chicago wants to be, is relevant at the end of the season. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Feel free, go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends out there. I just texted uh, Lyle today, as a matter of fact, our friends at JL Tire and Service Center, the best tire dealer out there. And they want to say thank you to the communities, Watertown, Johnson Creek, all over the state of Wisconsin. If you are a driver, say over the road, big rigging it right now, and you got some issues, that's the place to go. They have the facility to help you. Say you're the soccer mom in the area, and you're out driving around going, man, I need an oil change. Uh, there you go. They can help you. If you need tires getting ready for winter, I hate to say that. God, it pains me to say that. But there you go. They can help you. Check out our friends at JNLTire.com, JNLTire.com. And they are a huge, huge contributor to the community and to Fisher House, Wisconsin. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Quick Trip brings you quick, hot savings. We're making a splash this month with our Nature's Touch Milk. Just $2.99 a gallon. All our one-gallon 2%, 1%, and skim Nature's Touch Milk is on sale and ready to hit your fridge. Oh, how can you beat fresh straight from our dairy milk that's ready for movie night milkshakes? Or to make those morning waffles extra fluffy. Hey, we got you covered with quick, hot savings. Only at Quick Trip. If by chance you're looking either to buy a home, get pre-qualified for a mortgage, maybe take some of the equity out of your home, refinance, spread some things out, uh, check out my buddy Scott Ellis and Team Ellis. Uh, they are right here in our own backyard, 414-791-7771, 414-791-7771. And even though the interest rates are higher, he said ask about the 2-1 buy-down where they can maybe get you into an interest rate uh, four and a half. How about that? Five? A couple of points below prime right now. So he said, hey, there's plenty of different ways to kind of get you done via the mortgage, and then always you can refinance later down the road as well. So don't forget to call them. Save yourself some money and uh, put your money to work for you. 414-791-7771. 414-791-7771. There you go. Um... The argument is, 
that uh, the Bears have been bad and Fields was put on a bad football team. Part of that I agree. But Justin Fields has won games. It's not like he's been this terrible quarterback because of a terrible team. The The record of that team has not been good. But Justin Fields has been good. But Justin Fields, remember, he's become more of a uh, of a runner than he has been than he has been an actual pocket passer. So as much as I want to look at him and go, oh yeah, boy, you know he's been, he's been not that good. He's on a terrible team and yada yada. I mean, overall, he's been pretty good. I'm, but the team around him has not been good. But that he's had to become a different quarterback because of the ineptitude that or lack of talent, I guess, that's been amassed on offense. The defense hasn't been bad, but it, you know, people say, "Well, you you know, you put Jordan Love on that team, it's going to be just as bad." I don't know. I don't know that he might be. But as a quarterback, Justin Fields has actually been pretty impressive. Much more impressive than I thought he would have been. Because Ohio State quarterbacks traditionally just aren't that good in the NFL. I could say maybe Jordan Love taking over his first year might not be as good. Okay, I can understand that. Justin Fields may have more athleticism. But Justin Fields has not been a pocket passer. Just an FYI. Let's go to our buddy Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill. Um, I think this whole season the pressure's on the floor because he's had this guy for three years now. So if he put, he has to put him in a position to succeed because if he doesn't and, he, and all of a sudden the next thing you know he's throwing bombs, he's running around like a madman, he's going to look bad. And who's that going to reflect on then? Why isn't this guy prepared? Because we're going to look at not whether so much that he has the talent of Rodgers. At least I'm going to look at if he's prepared and he can be put in a position to succeed by the coach. That's what I'm going to look for. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to look for how he uses the running back, the short passing game. If they safeties do move up, can can they send guys on deep crossing patterns to to, you know, overcome that, and all these other things I'm going to look for. So this is, to me, all about coaching, because for years we always said Rodgers always did what Rodgers wanted to do, right? Right. So now we have to turn the page and look at what LaFleur is doing and how – now, it's not his first year. It's not – I mean, as far as the, the love is concerned. So he's been there. He should know the system. And like I said, we're going to see that. So we're going to look at attention to detail. That's what I'm going to look at. I don't, I think you're you're pretty much like that too. No, so, absolutely. You know, I, I agree with you. I, I think that if, for as much as people want to kind of downplay the Matt LaFleur imprint on this, I think it's huge. I think Matt LaFleur has to call good games. I think we have to see what kind of character this team has when they face adversity. And I think if he can put him in rhythmic situations for them to be successful, the, the better. But, you know, it, it's, it's Gerard. I think the first time they get into a third and two situation and we see, you know, Jordan Love in shotgun with an empty backfield, I think we're all going to go, ah, Matt LaFleur was the problem, you know? There we go. Very good point, Bill. That's it right there. Because we're going to know. 
and 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 I'm sure the the floor is gonna. I don't know how much we really mean to the the floor, the fans, and all that. I don't know that. But if he thinks we're dumb and we haven't observed things through the years, he's making a big mistake. I can no, tell I you agree. that. And the co- defensive coach, we're going to be all over in a heartbeat if he plays this laid back. <laughs> or play, you, know, you know what I mean? We're going to. Yeah. This is, let me tell you, there's it, 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 two things. Like I said, the head coach is under it and Barry's under it big time. Because we're going to know right away, oh, man, this guy's seven yards off the guy on third and two. And, you know, this is who we're seeing the same thing. So I think yep. this is what I would like. When they ha- when they start having these interviews, these reporters, I would love for them just to say, you know, we've seen this a lot last year. Are you going to play a more aggressive? And I would like LaFleur to even put on the spot a little bit and say, you had this guy for three years. So if he doesn't succeed and you're putting him in a position to succeed, whose fault is it? Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, right. the floor is always going to fall on the sword and say, well, it's all my fault and everything. You know he's going to do that. Oh, so if yeah. he's going to do that this year, it might be time for LaFleur to, you know, bye-bye. Think about right. it. If he's nope, going to fall I on the sword again, Bill, how many times can you keep falling on the sword? Well, <laughs> if 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 he – look, if, if he puts him in position and it's just bad quarterback play, then you can say maybe they overestimated the talent and then you start to look towards the front right. office. But if if this if, – if we're talking third and twos and we're talking empty backfields and, and going downfield and doing a lot of the same dumb things and watching a team that – you know, fumbles away a football or turns it over and suddenly goes into a shell. They're not playing aggressive defense. I absolutely, I could see them making a change. Absolutely. Because then you absolutely. can just say, well, you know what? You had one year of a broken thumb of Aaron Rodgers, and then the second year you couldn't do anything with a pretty good football team, and it just didn't happen. And last year even, I know we've made excuses, but it was the shuffling of the offensive line, the shuffling of the wide receivers, the loss of Devontae Adams, all those different things played into it. So, But this year? It looks like everybody short of uh, Rashawn Gary and, and Stokes are coming in healthy, so everything should be should be in a positive direction for this team. You would assume so. There's right. no excuses sitting here today. Well, does anybody know the ETA on Gary? Does anybody know anything about that? No, no, he wouldn't even say he. I, I got a sense that it's probably going to be the end of uh, October before it's all said and done. So you're going by other people that had this. That's what yeah, going by. pretty much. I'm just kind of going by what the norm is. It's usually about a year before we see guys back, you know, give or take a couple of weeks, but usually about a year. Um, and, you know, so he's had pretty much an offseason. Four games in? Yeah. You probably get through he'll September into maybe the middle of October, and then uh, he'll come back off the pup list, I think, after six games, and then he'll, you know, you would hope that he's ready to go. Okay. Thanks a lot, yeah. Bill. I appreciate it. Thank All right, you. bud. Talk to you soon. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up again. 877-867-1670 if you want to find us. Uh, this one comes to us from uh, JR. JR says, uh, hey, guys, uh, no way that Matt LaFleur gets fired this year. He gets one more pass on all of this because this is going to be a, uh, he says, a decent year, but not a great year. For Matt LaFleur. If anybody gets fired, it's going to be Joe Barry. And then if the talent is truly poor on defense and Jordan Love is not the guy, then maybe Brian Gutekunst is in hot seat. Hot seat. But I don't think anybody really gets canned other than Joe Barry.
There you go. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the email. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Got a lot more to get to. Hang in there. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over at the Social House, H-A-U-S, on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Say hi to Dan Dellen and staff, big supporters of the motorcycle ride for sure. But if you're going anywhere this weekend, maybe on a Sunday morning, you're going to get some breakfast and some free pancakes and a cocktail. I, that's right. I said free pancakes. That's the Social House. Get a cocktail, you get free pancakes. Social House, West Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. Tell them we said hi. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Paula. Hi. It's come to my attention. I need new windows. You do? Hey, sweetie, what's this? My art project. Honey, it's rotten. We need to toss it. Then why do we have to keep our rotten windows, Dad? Well, you came to the right place. Pell has a limited lifetime warranty on our wood windows, so this doesn't happen again. Thank you. Visit PellaWI.com today. Good to have you. The oldest racetrack in the world. Great Lakes Dragway, right here in Union Grove, Wisconsin. And they run, every, well, almost every day if you want to rent the track and do it yourself. But uh, a lot of events coming up all throughout the summer months and into the fall. Check it out, 262-302-2138. GreatLakesDragaway.com. That's GreatLakesDragaway.com. And it's racing, racing, racing uh, down there at Great Lakes Dragaway. Again, 262-302-2138. And, uh, again, the oldest continuously operating track in the world is right here in our own backyard, Union Grove, Wisconsin. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks to Great Lakes Dragaway being a part of the program. We certainly appreciate it. Um, Pac-Fan says, hey, don't forget, happy two-year anniversary of the Bucks winning the NBA title. There you go. The NBA title. Two years ago. We were just talking about the anniversary of uh, Giannis coming here. And then the two-year anniversary of the uh, the title. Of the Bucks winning it. And everybody, I think, in this state that is even a sports fan knows where they were when. It was a, it was a wild ride, no doubt. A couple of years ago when they were winning that thing, I remember we were um, we were at Road America. I think our buddy Dan, Dan Stockero, Dan hooked us up, and he brought over the big screen uh, and then had the projector, and we were watching uh, the playoffs and the uh, NBA Finals on the big screen. It was it was awesome. It was it was just a blast. Never forget that we uh, it was. Uh, Going back to the end of, no, it was July 4th weekend when uh, NASCAR was here. And I, the Bucks were playing, and he had brought over the big, giant silver screen and a projector and put it outside of our RV. And it was amazing how they hooked it up. But brought it over, and people started coming on golf carts. And pulling in and seeing the projector, and we were all sitting out in chairs, and the people next to us were bringing over folding chairs. 
And then people started driving by on golf carts, and they saw it, and they stopped. And before you knew it, we had probably 20 golf carts and 40 or 50 people, and it was just a great scene. I'll never forget it. It was so cool. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Rich says, uh, hey, Bill, if the offense flounders, do you think Steno ends up on the hot seat? Um, boy, that's a great question. I think Steno very quietly fades to the back when it comes to play calling because it's Matt LaFleur. We all know that. It's not like Matt's going to give up play calling and turn it over to Steno. You know? So, uh, I, I mean, maybe if there's a disconnect behind closed doors that we don't see, but we all know that it's, it's Matt LaFleur's team. It's Matt LaFleur's offense. It's his imprint. He's the play caller. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think if Matt needed to make a change for the sake of change, just as window dressing, yeah, Steno's probably gone. But no, nah, I don't. Other than that, no, I don't. I don't see that. I, I just, I'm, I just don't. And and the only reason I don't is because it's it's Matt's, it's Matt's deal. So, good question though. Who could you know, as as Gerard put it in the last segment, who who then falls on the sword? You know, Steno's not going to look at it and go, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm doing what this guy calling the plays is telling me to do. Now, if he, as the offensive coordinator, his duties are to say, concentrate as much as he can on the offensive line or, or the development of, you know, whatever. And maybe that they don't, we, you know, whatever we're not privy to behind closed doors, suddenly that becomes an issue. Okay. I can see that. But uh, but no, I think any if the offense looks bad, <laughs> no, I, I would think that the if the offense looks bad, it's going to be on Matt Lafleur. It's going to be on Matt Lafleur. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's go back to the phones. Daniel and Toma. Daniel, how you doing, bud? You kidding me? Daniel dropped off. Bill. He Daniel so dropped excited. off. Daniel dropped off. Here, let's let's he try him one more time. I just got a call back. I think we uh-oh. might have just missed him. Go to him again. I, I want the fanfare for Daniel. Daniel, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's because I think he's the one who drafted love. And if he don't succeed, even shows better that he's a better quarterback. He's the one that's going to be in a hot seat. Whoever did that, whoever, because love was not even going to be a first-round pick. He just came out of the blue, right? Really I don't think he was going to be a first-round pick. Some some feel that he yeah. might have, but I don't think he was. No, they already proven that he was there. If he don't succeed or at least get us a 500 record, he's gone. Uh, you That's mean you mean with, with Jordan Love? Okay, so you think yeah, uh, you Love. think Goody's but, gone? I see. I think Goody's yeah. done pretty well. The problem is he he's the one thing he's known for is is Jordan Love. So. That's where his legacy lies. I, 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 I appreciate it, Daniel. I don't necessarily – that's a great point. See, I don't necessarily think that if Jordan Love dismally fails, that Goody's gone, okay? That's not what I'm thinking. 
But if you say Jordan Love fails and other guys fail, then I can say, okay, maybe you, the judge of talent you gave for the guys that you're depending on around Jordan Love, you know, let's say Christian Watson just doesn't materialize. Romeo Dobbs is okay. Samari Torrey, you know, the, the, the guy that was drafted the least highest out of all the receivers, really becomes your go-to guy. The new guys you get maybe just aren't that good, whatever. I think first you're going to start by saying, you know what, you've got a lot of talent and a lot of guys over in that offense. If that doesn't kind of come around in the next year or so, probably Matt LaFleur will be gone before Gutekinds, and then after that it would be Gutekinds. But if you've got a defense, unless Joe Barry, say, say Joe Barry becomes really aggressive, and says, we're going to you know, we're gonna get after the quarterback. I'm going to start bringing it. Devondre Campbell's coming. Quay Walker's coming. We're going to use Devontae Wyatt more. We've got Lucas Van Ness ready to go. We've got to put Preston Smith on the edge. We're going to blitz up the middle. We're going to do this and this. And if guys just aren't getting home and they're just not that good and they don't have that capability, then you start looking at Brian Gutekind saying, you know what? No. You, you drafted some inadequate talent. You know? Maybe you go in that direction. But other, I think the first, first place you're going to start is Joe Barry. Second place you're going to start is Matt LaFleur. Third place you're going to start is Brian Gutekinds. And I don't think um, that waking up today, Mark Murphy's even contemplating changing a, a general manager. I don't even think he wants that bear. I think he wants to leave that for the guy next to him, you know, whoever comes in. But I think uh, the next year or two, big proving years for Matt LaFleur. Because now – you're not just relying on the quarterback anymore. you you got to see development out of Jordan Love. No doubt. Two hours down. Two hours yet to go. Good stuff today on a Thursday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Hang in there. whole lot more happening. Coming up here in just a little bit, this portion of the program, brought to you by Wabam. W-A-B-A-M. Terrific cleaning products. Terrific products for your vehicle. Terrific products for your motorcycle, your boat. Your ATV, whatever it happens to be, go to W-A-B-A-M, W-A-B-A-M, getwabam.com. Go to getwabam.com. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next.